Scar Fabricating builds reliable, automated packaging line equipment that is handcrafted to make life easier for breweries and their production teams. If you are a brewer looking for the best way to get your product out of your taproom and into the hands of your customers, Scarfab has you covered. With a wide range of depalletizers, custom conveyance, date coding, rinsing and drying systems and more, Scarfab specialises in helping breweries of all sizes get their beer from keg to can. To find out more about how Scarfab can help you sell more beer, visit www.scarfabricating.com today. That's skafabricating.com to get started today. At a time where few of us are travelling, the opportunity to enjoy fantastic beers and cuisine from across the globe has offered up a welcome dose of escapism. And while we're unable to visit our beloved pubs, bars and brewery tap rooms, Access to fantastic beer has arguably never been easier. Bottles, cans, mini kegs, or even cask beer is there at the click of a button. Breweries, bottle shops, and distributors have all raised their game, and as a result, the consumer can travel the world through the medium of beer right from their living room. And some of the most exciting, innovative beers being produced at the moment are coming from New Zealand. Brewers and drinkers have long since fallen in love with the country's alluring hops, but the beers the nation's breweries are making are pretty great too. And increasing the profile of some of these fantastic outfits in the UK and across Europe is where the New Zealand Beer Collective comes in. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. As we all know, one of the best things about beer is that there's something for everyone. Some breweries make world-class lagers, others specialise in sours, while others excel at IPAs. But when you're not a brewer yourself, and instead, an importer of brilliant beers, then the world really is your oyster. So, if a sour kiwi fruit goza doesn't take your fancy, maybe you'd prefer a hazy IPA packed with Nelson Sylvan, Mosaic, Citra and Galaxy. Failing that, then perhaps an imperial stout designed to recreate the coffee-based dessert Affogato appeals. And that's before we've even mentioned the packs designed to blend cans of salted caramel IPA and baked pear sour. Variety, as they say, is the spice of life. And New Zealand Beer Collective's founder Todd Nicholson and brand manager A.D. Fenwick are on a mission to showcase the nation's vibrant and thrilling beer scene. Waitangi Day is the National Day of New Zealand. It marks the anniversary of the initial signing back on the 6th of February 1840, of the Treaty of Waitangi, which is regarded as the founding document of the nation. Fast forward the best part of 200 years, and Waitangi Day, in non-Covid times at least, is an opportunity for many New Zealanders living abroad to come together and celebrate. It also helped inspire the start of New Zealand Beer Month, because one day is simply not enough to enjoy the nation's fine beers. Well, so New Zealand Beer Month, which some people, I guess, know as February, but most people now know as New Zealand Beer Month. So we, um, so Waitangi Day, our national day in New Zealand is on the 6th of Feb. And we used to, we, we, we had, for the first few years, lots of events and lots of things sort of around that, that period to celebrate. I mean, it's kind of dual celebration. One is, you know, celebrate your, your national identity and stuff, but also being away from home and, and an excuse to have a decent party out the end of, of dry January. 
and and people by February need a bit of a, a, a they need to, to to loosen the shackles a bit and, and have a good a bit of a good time. But we found that it was kind of extending out, extending out, extending out. And it was a drunken conversation to say let's just celebrate it for the whole month. It's a 28 day month, so we can probably survive. So we did uh, a few years ago. I say we. So the New Zealand Beer Collective. We got chatting to the breweries. We got chatting to a few other New Zealand food producers and and some people involved in the beer scene in the UK. So should we make a whole month of it? So it really was a, a sort of drunk conversation uh, over a few pints, but just an extension of, of you know, an opportunity for us to celebrate and, and, and bring great beer, but also tap into all of the really, whether it's Kiwis or Kiwi friendly people over here involved in the hospitality scene, the beer scene, the coffee scene, the food scenes. Yeah, so it pretty much came up with our own idea is the short answer to it. But over the last three years, it's very much been supported more and more, and it's kind of grown into its own beast. It's now in a few different countries, and and why not celebrate beer for 28 days if you can instead of one? But for New Zealand Beer Month to come into being, there needed to be a group to get it off the ground. And that's where New Zealand Beer Collective came into the picture, starting out back in 2014. We set up in our original guise as, as supporting five New Zealand breweries that had the ambition and the desire to, to, to start shipping beer and selling beer into the UK. So it was very much around looking after the brand and, and, and kind of being a brand representation of, of these five breweries, um, while most of the import, the distribution, the sales side of things would be handled by, by another company, which we probably shouldn't, shouldn't name. And as we, we went through our first five, six months, we realised that it's really hard for a UK importer and distributor to be able to tell a New Zealand story and to represent New Zealand beer in a way that was kind of giving it their full attention because you're on a portfolio of maybe 70 or 80 beers and if they, as this one did, import spirits and wine and everything else. So within the first six months, we quickly moved from being a brand representation, uh, just brand representation to importing, warehousing, distribution, selling, five. New Zealand craft breweries. So it was accidental about six years ago. And I guess we've been through a few restorations since. We've changed breweries. But if anything else, we've kind of added more strength to our bar, I suppose, in terms of we still do our own importing, warehousing, distribution, sales, brand representation, but we sell into Europe now as well, which is nice. And in the years since starting the collective, Todd has had the rare insight, witnessing firsthand how the brewing scenes have developed back in New Zealand and also here in the UK. Yeah, I think, so New Zealand beer scene certainly hasn't changed as much in the last six years as, as the UK beer scene has. Um, I mean, the UK, the, the, the change in growth of craft beer and innovative sort of modern techniques and styles of brewing has just been exponential. And we, in some ways, for, for, for us, it would have been better that it hadn't. Um, because I think New Zealand brewing side of things is, has always been a little bit ahead of the curve for, for a number of reasons. And but yeah, the primary one I think is you have the UK beer scene is so steeped in tradition and it has a great offering of, has always had a great offering of cask ale and very good access to to incredibly uh, good pilsners and, and lagers produced in, you know, on the continent. So we in New Zealand started brewing out of necessity more than anything different and interesting styles of beer yeah, because we didn't have very good offering locally. So New Zealand was always a bit ahead of the curve, I think, in terms of uh, you know, uh, 
quick to adopt a lot of the the US styles and uh, you know the big West Coast IPAs using a lot of the American hops. And I think, but over time, we've seen the UK scene just just take off. So, for Todd, New Zealand has always been pretty agile and quick to adopt new ideas and to make them their own. Home to a talented array of artisans, the nation is a hotbed for excellent food and drink. But while they can adopt new ideas, they're not immune to new trends either. Be that the type of beer a brewery makes, down to the way that that particular beer is packaged. Cans has been a really big one. If I look at the biggest change in New Zealand beer, when we first bought beer over six years ago, we would have bought, trying to think if there was a canned beer we had over here, Yeasty Boys. That was it. Uh, Yeasty Boys would have been one of the pioneers in brewing in cans in, uh, in New Zealand. And uh, until probably as recently as, as I'd still say in New Zealand, 200 breweries, we've got probably more than half still brew in mainly bottle, in bottles. So that shift to cans has been quite significant, but slower than here. I think the other sort of thing that's probably changed in the years we've been working has been that you. New Zealand has had it's gone a bit beyond sort of its it's normally traded with its nearest neighbours, so Australia, Asia. We've seen price change a lot, um, but consumer taste and challenging. You know, I remember when we first bought beer over, it wasn't it wasn't hard to stand out with New Zealand hops because people weren't used to big punchy IPAs so much. Or they had the American version that at times was quite tired by the time you got the American beers over here, so they weren't used to this really vibrant, punchy like New Zealand hops, but it's hard to shock people in beer now. We used to find it pretty easy to do that. But yeah, I think I think if anything, it's we've had to. You know, we used to bring New Zealand pails, and it would be quite easy to sell New Zealand pails. But the local market is so good; loads of good, massively produced pale ales. So we've had to be a lot slicker about the beer we bring over. We've had to make sure it's in cans. We've had to make sure it competes with the local market on price, as well as we, we plan on a four to six month horizon to bring beer over here. But the UK market changes quickly. So I've kind of got a hedge a little bit on every container of beer we bring over. They bring a little bit of everything. But yeah, it's probably, I think, more than the New Zealand beer scene changing. Uh, it, it's probably been the global and the, and the UK side of things. The, the big thing probably in New Zealand that there's been a significant drive further on is the development and the creation of new hops rather than Nelson Sobin, probably the most famous hops, been around 20 years. And yeah, that's probably still the one that stands out. And if the last seven years have been a real acceleration of producing some new innovative strains of hops. While New Zealand hops are celebrated the world over, Todd is unsure if their breweries are held in the same regard. No, but I probably would say that. Um, I think you know, we get this question a lot of how long has the New Zealand beer scene been going, or I didn't even know New Zealand really made beer. And quite often by the same uh, people you know, that would know that New Zealand hops. So I think New Zealand hops has a much more significant global reach and appeal than, than the beer. I think some have, but but not to the, certainly not the extent that it probably could have. But then it's a long way to travel and it's a lot of expense to try to bring the beer around uh, around the world. So I think that the footprint or you know, the amount of, of beer that's exported, it's an exciting product, but it's not a big export product, but certainly not when you compare it to New Zealand wine. You know, everyone knows New Zealand wine, but I don't think the 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 beer side of things, or the creativeness, or the you know, the the brewers. I think the one that you probably would hear the most of is everybody knows Garage Project, and behind Garage Project is probably the most well known on a sort of 
beer, you know, if you're asking beer aficionados, it would be eight wine. But if you really want to make that footprint, you know, or mark, maybe you. Know, I mean, Yeasty Boys are, are still the one that most of all I know that you know shift your whole operation over here. But then that you become a, a UK brewery with the, you know, the New Zealand history. But no, not I, I wouldn't think so. But I think everyone has appreciation of the hops, and there's certainly a lot of brewers and, and people that have left New Zealand involved in beer scenes around the world. Fermentis is an expert in the art of fermentation. Fermentis works and supports all breweries in order to make the best beer together. Fermentis offers many fermentation solutions to fit all your needs. Active dry yeast, bacterias, fermentation aids, functional products. If you have a fermentation issue, Fermentis obviously has a solution. That's why Fermentis is the obvious choice for beverage fermentation. And raising the profile of New Zealand breweries is the collective's raison d'etre, and New Zealand Beer Month is a way of helping them do just that. It's just, like so much else, going to look a little different in 2021. And that's where brand manager A.D. Fenwick comes in. Obviously the major shift is that we're having to, um, to move what would have been a lot of in-venue events onto a digital platform. So, you know, that's a, that's a challenge in itself, but, you know, we look at it as a kind of a just a new way of, of doing things rather than trying to uh, get bogged down with what we could have been doing. So we've got a lot of, you know, I think there's a lot of amazing businesses who have already adapted themselves to an online space that we're partnering with. We try and keep a nice tie in with as many Kiwi businesses as possible. So some of the ones that we've done before, we can still do. So as Todd um, chatted about the, the paint vine sort of art and craft element, we'll be doing that again, but it'll be in a Zoom uh, capacity. We're going to look at doing some things that so obviously a lot of people have been impacted um, over co- uh, coronavirus and we want to give back as much as we can. So we'll be doing the UK's biggest gourmet meat raffle that we are working with another Kiwi company called Alliance who bring in amazing gourmet lamb um, from New Zealand. And uh, so they'll be uh, providing a lamb hamper for us to do. We'll also do a spin on that and do a um, UK's biggest meat free raffle as well because we want to make sure that we're not uh, leaving anyone out so we'll do a, a vegan version too to make sure that we're covering our bases we're working with some awesome people called uh who do bogan bingo they are australians so you know uh but close enough but they're great they're really really great fun and um we'll do some really fun stuff with with them looking at maybe doing some beer and comedy we're looking at things like flights of the concords or we might either do some pairing of beer with with episodes of Flight of the Concords. We'll do, oh God, we've got so much, it's actually difficult to kind of narrow it down. But, you know, everything from off-license promotions to big online events. Just as brewing, packaging, selling and distributing beers has had to adapt in the pandemic, so has the role of brand manager. It's challenging, I think, for me, I a lot of what I've done has been very uh, face-to-face um, for many, many years. I've been working, you know, in the UK beer scene for several years now, and a lot of it's face-to-face. And I think we know that one of the great things about the beer industry is this community that we've built and how we work together and how we network and everything and how these wonderful ideas will kind of come out over a couple of beers at a festival or at the pub or, you know, and things like that. So it's a challenge to not be able to have that and have to um, obviously be kind of, dare I say, almost more professional about it. <laughs> but 
because there's an element of having, you know, emails and phone calls and things like that rather than that lovely and uh, face-to-face element. But we've had to adapt, obviously, our business and how we how we work. So uh, taking out what New Zealand Bee Collective is a lot of great events and there's, you know, a history of fun events and, and kind of great community there that we've had to turn that into a digital space. Um, so we're learning as we go, and I think that's one of probably the key thing around the brand element is is being able to be adaptable, you know, and reactive as well as proactive, which is which is hard to to balance those things. But I think something that's that has been very clear is this incredible sort of um, uprising of the the craft beer community of drinkers who are so supportive and trying to get behind a lot of what's happening, and and small independent businesses like ours trying to support each other. So it's tapping into a lot of those networks and things as well and creating events or creating promotions and things that both help our business and help someone else's and vice versa. And I think that that's been a real positive out of this. Um, And hopefully, you know, there was definitely an element of that before, but hopefully it's something that will continue long after we get through this nightmare. (laughs) As we progress through 2021, the collective is bringing over new breweries and new beers. There will be some familiar styles and some less so. These include Manuka Sati from Kareru Brewing Company. A Sati is a Finnish-style, tree-flavoured farm ale traditionally made with juniper bows. Manuka Sati is a New Zealand version of a Sati made using Manuka leaf added at the boil. And looking further ahead, Todd has plans for a retail space, opening doors for even more breweries. I think we've, if I'm honest with, with what everything that's happened in the last 12 months i'm not sure i mean there's a lot of time for introspection and but i'm not sure we've we've made we've held position would be great but i think it's probably been a backward step for almost everybody in, in, in the craft beer industry to a degree i think for for me one of the things that that definitely coming out at the, the other end of, of of all this nonsense and stuff in the next 12 months i i, I do think we need a, a a home i think We've, we've spent five, six years building brand and, and I think a recognizable brand in, in the beer scene in the UK. I think most people will know the Beer Collective and will know the New Zealand breweries that we work with to, to a point if you're in the beer scene. But I'd like to broaden that out to sort of a more, well, just just to do the, the drinking populace of, of the UK and beyond. So I think for us, it has to be venue, a home for the New Zealand Beer Collective. And a little bit in the way of, and I, and I envy a little bit the way that the Italian job guys have done it in in, uh, in London. But I want to sort of grow the New Zealand Beer Collective brand and, and the New Zealand idea of, of New Zealand beer, like ingredients and things, a bit like we've done with um, the, the Fierce beers. We do want to produce more here, but our whole purpose, our whole sort of reason for being, for starting up was to create this opportunity for small breweries that couldn't do it themselves to get to the UK. So I don't I don't ever want us to lose that. So I want to see more breweries, more up and coming breweries. I'd love to see some start up over here a bit more. So uh, you know, build your brand over here. But there is we, we've barely scratched the surface in the UK or Europe. So um, I don't think Europe's gonna be that much. It's not geographically moving further away. So yeah, next two to five years, venue, possibly more. Uh, we want to do more work directly into to Europe, still bringing over new different breweries. We must have produced maybe 15 to 20 breweries over the last six years. 
of which not all have worked. Let's start bringing some of those new uh, hops, new hop varieties, and building New Zealand Beer Month and, and the whole sort of, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've barely started. We've got so much more to do. It's very exciting once we get out all the bullshit. But while we're still in the first challenging weeks of 2021, AD says it's a positive time to be showcasing everything that's great about New Zealand. There's a, and there's a massive spotlight on New Zealand at the moment, isn't there? You know, obviously, with the way that New Zealand has dealt with current situation, and, you know, I think there's a lot of people who are obviously, you know, we're for what is effectively a tiny country, we've had a, uh, there's been a big impact or kind of people are really looking to New Zealand for a lot of these things. You know, we're quite progressive, which is amazing. Um, and so I think that there, despite the challenges, obviously, that are currently going on, not just in our industry, but across the board, we also uh, have a unique opportunity at the moment, which is that there's a lot of people who maybe weren't paying any attention to what New Zealand was doing prior to, to this awful situation, who now are, and not to say by any means would we want to sort of capitalise on that, but it does mean that it might boost some of not just our products but other New Zealand products and and kind of put them in a little bit more premium space where people will understand you know where they're coming from and know a bit more about us as a country therefore probably appreciate those brands and those products a bit more uh, which I think from a brand perspective is an exciting exciting thing. And ahead of New Zealand Beer Month Todd, AD and the team at New Zealand Beer Collective hope that they continue to do their bit to broaden the profile of the country's breweries. At a time where travel is all but off limits, the chance to experience other countries' cultures is very welcome indeed. I think it's really, you know, I think that, yeah, the question of that, is provenance important to New Zealand breweries? I think if you go and ask for a Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand, you don't take an open New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> we don't call it New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, and we don't talk call New Zealand hops, New Zealand hops. The, the, the wonderful thing is, you know, while you can't travel, you can still drink and taste and, and experience these things. And I think, yeah, if anything else, provenance and, and being able to enjoy something from, from New Zealand that's different to what you have here, wholly different, because it's grown, it's, it's produced, it's, it has a personality uh, outside of, of, of where you are. Yeah, I think that will become much better. But I think that's the that that's the exciting thing is to be bringing um, produce and a product uh, that people might not ordinarily get the opportunity to have, but is distinctly New Zealand, I guess, without being cliche. Thanks to Todd Nicholson and A.D. Fenwick of the New Zealand Beer Collective. To keep up to date with everything that's happening across New Zealand Beer Month, check them out on Facebook and Instagram at NZ Beer Collective. The Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. Sound engineering is by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. <laughs>